0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, let's continue our study, the book of Joshua. Uh, last time, not last week, but the week before, we were uh, going through Joshua chapter 4, where um, the work of the Lord in, in uh, crossing the people uh, across the Jordan, and we talked about uh, two heaps of stones if you remember, two heaps of stones. One of them that uh, Joshua chose, those who've been actually chosen from before, the 12 people, each one, uh, one from each tribe to take a stone and carry it on their shoulder and as we mentioned carrying on their shoulder meaning that it was something really heavy and to take them where the lord will show them and then the other heap which is a lot of time uh, most of us don't even know about that or don't really pay attention to that uh, as it says in joshua chapter 4 uh, verse 9 that uh, that uh, joshua himself uh, took stones and uh, set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest uh, bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood and they are there to this day. And we said that this uh, other set or second set set of stones is basically is is buried under the waters. nobody can see it. So the first one, is for as a memorial and they can take it with them and the people ask what is this and they'll tell them so and so and so but the the second one is basically uh, something that's buried under the water which as we said was, was a symbol of, of the, the old man that is buried the old nature that was buried before the baptism in the water and then coming out again as the new people so just something that nobody will see but again a very very strong symbol of the old life that had to we remain under the water in order to 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 move on we'll continue just read basically the rest of chapter four there aren't a lot to to talk about it in chapter four but then we'll read it and then jump to chapter chapter five after this so for uh, uh, the last thing we talked about last time that uh, that the people who who from the two and a half uh, tribes, and as we said, only 40,000 people, as we we, we, we mentioned before, uh, in the book of Numbers, there was like about over 200,000 people who said that we will stay here, but they made a deal with Moses that, okay, well, once there is a war, we'll go cross, uh, fight with you, but then we'll come back again to settle in the area that you wanted, but obviously we see that only 40,000 people went uh, to fight with their brothers across the river, and then coming back again. So uh, Joshua 4, I'll read from 14 till the rest of the chapter and then we'll jump to chapter five after this. As we said, there is not much to to, to stop at the rest of 14 years. So uh, at the rest of chapter four. So 414, Joshua, uh, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they stood in awe of him just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And we mentioned like from this verse, we, we, we understand something that's very important that basically what God is trying to say that what it's not Joshua or it's Moses, it's me. Right? So as I was with Moses, I was with you again, it's not about Joshua, it's not about Moses, it's about God, about the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, about the Torah, as you said before, as if the Torah is the one that is crossing and all the people are following the word of God into that. So as uh, I, as I was just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest come up out of the Jordan. And when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters, the Jordan returned on their place and overflowed all its banks. And then the story goes on. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set at Gilgal. And as we said, Gilgal is the, is the uh, rolling wheel, rolling wheel. This is We'll see this more and more clear in chapter five. This is the meaning of Gilgal uh as if uh, if there is there is an actual reason for that as we will see it in in chapter uh, five but Gilgal basically again means the the a wheel or rolling rolling and and again there is there is a very very uh r- good reason for why it's called this way uh, as we will read chapter five together but basically the the lord told them to go there and they set the stones Uh, In there, some of the commentaries saying that actually they put it in like a circle, not a heap, like not like a memorial standing, but like a like a circle, like a cycle, like the wheel that people will see this and very obvious strange uh, view and they will start to ask why and what is that. And this is what again Joshua was saying in 421 and he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask the fathers in times to come. What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know: Israel passed over this Jordan to on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you pass over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord, hand of the Lord, that the Lord, that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And as we're saying, this is a beautiful way to end, like this actual the, the details of the story. And this is the purpose that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And maybe it's time to to ask ourselves, like, what are those stones that we are carrying? with us and setting as a memorial and to testify and to be a testimony for our children, for the children, children, for our people, for the people who we, who we interact with when they say, what is this? And then we say, this is exactly as the people said, this is a testimony because the Lord, our God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you pass over. So probably a good good way to 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 end this chapter is to ask ourselves like, do we have those stones with us or not what are those stones can we can we discover those stones and carry them even though they're heavy even though they are uh, not comfortable but to carry them with us for one reason again as it says here in joshua 4:24, uh, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the lord is mighty that you may fear the lord your god forever why do you think maybe just last question with this chapter like why do you think it's important For Joshua to say that right Uh, to to tell the people that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty I mean if they are the chosen people if they are the nation of the Lord you know you think like at one point they say like we don't care about anybody else you know whatever they say we don't care whether whether they know or not we don't care we know that we are the chosen people we are the people who crossed over we are the people who are saved and what we don't care about anybody else. But what does it tell you when Joshua ends this, this, this beautiful, uh, or Moses actually, he wrote this, this section, ends this beautiful, uh, and Joshua completed that after Moses' death, it ends this, this beautiful story with that declaration that the, the, all the earth, all the earth, all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Why do you think that is important for them? Why didn't they just say, you know what, we know already, our children know already, and we don't care about anybody else. Again, especially with the, with the understanding of the time that, that, you know, they were the chosen people and everybody else, all the other nations were the enemies and were not even uh, uh, worthy of, 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 of uh, having any kind of communication with them. But why, why the text is, is, is bringing this point here saying that, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty. What, what are your thoughts about this? Feel free to unmute yourself and uh, and share.
1: Um, is it because uh, when the people know that the Israelites God is mighty, then they will fear the Israelites?
0: So, one of one of the reasons, yes, is that they will actually this will help them in their journey and in their uh, a goal of of possessing or not possessing, inheriting all the earth, as you said before. So it will be a reason for them to know that God is mighty. And Ezra have said before that the heart of the people melted. So that's one thing to know that they are protected under the the mighty hands of the Lord. Yes. What else? The text itself is very interesting so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord, that the hand of the Lord is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So is there a relationship here between the people, knowing that the hand of the Lord is mighty and between the people or the nation of Israel fear the Lord your God forever.
1: Yes, uh, as long as they are uh, obeying God and uh, walking in his way, uh, 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 God will do some uh, more miracles and more wondrous things like this. Yes. Yes,
0: that's a very important point. So God's work with the other nations will actually, not only that they, they will make them fearful, but that will strengthen the faith of the Israelites themselves right and as you will see later on just you know in in, in the next you know couple chapters the war, the work of of God with 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 the Israelites to to capture uh, Jericho and how that that miraculous way of, of capturing the city increased the faith of the people right so one important thing is when we when we when the people who are not from the faith hear about the work of the Lord and they react to that, that definitely increases our own faith, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Because you know that, that God is working with the other people also, right? and, and, and I think it gives us more of that overview, like, like broader understanding of the work of God with everyone, with everyone. Sometimes we are so much, as we were discussing yesterday with the other group, like sometimes because we are so focused on our own selves, we don't even see or recognize God's love for me. Why? Because everything is around, surrounded, or or, 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 uh, uh, focused on myself. But when you start to see other people reacting to the work of God and to the word of God, definitely that makes us what? realize that the Lord is working and that will increase our own faith and strengthen our own relationship with him okay. so that that's a very important point to understand also from the text which is again very interesting text where it says that that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God friend. so as the other people know that the hand of the Lord is mighty you know definitely that is working also in order to increase your faith and strengthen you and that you may fear the lord your god forever so with this with with that you know again this is one chapter of of the story of the people of israel israel uh moving towards the 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 promised land but then comes chapter five which actually makes us uh, a little bit more puzzled a little bit little bit more puzzled so let's read the first few chapters few verses of chapter five and then We'll see why why I'm seeing that. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. That's exactly what the last verse in chapter four is talking about. So as soon as all the kings heard what had happened with the Israelites, what happened to them, their heart melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. But then something really, really strange happened. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth which actually the mountain of four skins or the hill of the four skins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the, day, on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom we raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away, here it is, Gilgal. Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal, which is again rolling or wheel to this day. And this is again another detail or more details in the story in Joshua 5 from 1 to 9. Again, as I'm saying, this is very interesting text. Why is that? So again, the people crossed over, the kings heard what happened, their heart melted, and they were so afraid. So what logically, what would be the next move? Away from the, away from the text. People are crossing, the enemy heard and seen and, and knew, and they were so afraid, so scared. And then the next move would be what? what do you expect? What do you think? What happened here is God asked Joshua to wait and to circumcise the people, right? And the people are the army, right? So the army is going to get circumcised, they're not going to be able to fight. And they stayed till they are healed. Is this a logic way? After again, remember now, everybody is just finished with a huge miracle, right? They've seen the, the, the water stop. They've seen the work of the Lord. They've seen everything. The enemy is in their lowest steam. So logically, the next step would be what right away? That the enemy will, or that the, the army of Israel will continue to do what? To attack, to continue their battle, to move forward. But you see here, the Lord is telling them, no, 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 you know, I don't want you to do that. As if he's putting all that, that, that very, very, very high steam and very good uh, spirit to continue and to fight, like, no, I want you to pause for now. Not only pause, you're actually going to go through a painful surgery of, of circumcision, and you have to wait till you are healed. And this is, again, we're talking about the whole army of Israel, right? What do you think that is? What, is, what do you think the reason of that is? Number one, do you agree, first of all, that this is something really kind of like against the logic, right? Against the, the order, the normal order of people are in so very, very high esteem in the peak of their, their, their relationship with each other and with God and they have seen the water split and they have seen everything and then they're ready to take the next step and then God starts to tell them, no, I want you to do something totally different. What do you think that is the reason for that?
1: any thoughts i think uh, uh, God wanted want to, to to declare that the pace of the of the battle or the, the journey itself he controlled by himself he controlled. He, uh, uh, you control he you have to to take a pause as you said now and then you can continue after uh, yes Exactly, exactly. So
0: basically, if we look, if we look at the actual historical time, basically from the time they crossed the river till the time that they actually uh, uh, Jericho fell, it's about two weeks. Because first the 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 uh, the nation crossed the river on the tenth day of the first month. The event took about five to five. At, at least 10 days and then they waited another six days before the seventh day where they marched around Jericho and Jericho fell so around two weeks right again with any kind of military background said this is totally wrong totally wrong you're just putting everybody down you are not uh, capturing the moment of of the the, the 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 highest team and everything but as the customer is saying there is very 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 good lesson here God is saying that I am in control I am in control. I'll move you when I want you to move. And also I want you to know that it's not because you are strong, not because you are good, not because you are ready. When you think you are ready to take over the next battle, I'm going to tell you what pause now. I don't want you to take that battle now. And again it's, it could be very frustrating because according to our our own understanding this is the best time. You know, you you you, you we see it a lot. For example, just, just an example. Somebody's like on, on, a, on a retreat, for example, and 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 uh, 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 have some kind of spiritual energy, right? And then coming back again and ready to move on, and then something happened, whether that you know, whatever happens, but kind of put the person on pause, right? And you start to wonder like why why are things not going the way it's supposed to be? But again, the understanding here is is that we do not know we think according to our mind that this is the normal logical uh, 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 steps of the of the battle but he says no I don't want you to do that Uh, it's on my own terms and what you just have to do is say yes sir and just say just go with the flow and obey right again when you read the text here Joshua didn't object nobody objects like how come you want us again imagine the whole army is having getting circumcised that's a painful surgery that's going to put them into uh, as it says you stay here don't move till you are healed so you have you have few days that is putting everything on hold but you you, the text doesn't tell us that anybody objected or anybody said like josh what are you doing we know what we should do and that is why because of what because of, of, of a great trust great trust they have a leader they have a leader, and that's actually will, will manifest itself more and more in the next chapter when when we see that Joshua is uh, meeting with, uh, uh, or at the end of chapter five, when Joshua is meeting the commander of the army of the Lord and telling him, are you for us or for the enemy? And he said, like, mm, just don't worry, just follow what I will tell you. So one, one, one good thing that we understand and we learn from here is just the total submission to the to the to the lord because the battle is for the lord as he says according to our own measurement our, according to our own philosophy our, according to our own understanding you know we should move on but something comes out of nowhere against everything and tells you pause not only pause actually put your people into into uh, the army the the valor people of the of the of the army of israelites into pain and let them sit
1: a few days in order to be healed before they can move on. I think Abuna they didn't got the lesson because uh, uh, this what have happened uh, after that when they uh, attacked and captured Jericho by the order of God and his uh, time frame, but they after that they went to A uh, and without without orders from God and they uh, uh, failed. They have yes. been defeated.
0: Right, right.
1: That's, that's the, the,
0: the, 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 the result of moving according to our own mind. You see this a lot also in the battles of David. David used to say, okay, God, should I go or not? Yes, go. Okay, don't go. Okay, I'm not going to go. But a couple of times, he just went on his own, right? Without asking. And we also see the result of that. So it is very important. Now, But somebody will tell me, like, okay, for them or for David, it was very, very easy to recognize, like, should we move on or not? God is talking physically, literally talking to somebody to tell them, tell the people to do that. So is it so clear to us God's God's instructions when to move and when not to move? What do you think of that? Or it's very vague. We don't really know. We don't really understand. It's confusing. Is it God? Is it somebody else? Is it the devil? How can I really know that this is God's commandment to tell me pause or move or do whatever? What do you think? How can I recognize that?
1: Moses said uh, once to to God, we will not move except if your face is before us. Right. Uh, But uh, the the point, uh, you are... uh, asking now how you know that God will move before us. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think it comes It comes from, again, it doesn't come all overnight. It doesn't come like, you know, if I'm not, that's why we always say, you know, we have to be in the will of God in order to know what the will of God is. So it doesn't come like if I'm totally disconnected and then, okay, like God tell me, like I'm not, I'm not in tune with his voice. So that's why, you know, it takes some time. It takes, and that's why before we ask really if this is, you know, which way or should I go or not, I have to actually build up the trust and build up that relationship with him and clear all the noise in order to really recognize his voice. But the problem is when we are distant and we are not, we're not in, in, in tune with him, and then all of a sudden we ask, okay, the God tell me what to do. But I think as St. Paul says that the spiritual person, nobody will, 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 will judge him, nobody will tell him because the work of the spirit will tell us, right? We can get the guidance, yes. We can get more uh, uh, peace towards certain things, when to move, when not to move. But, but the problem is when we, when we kind of distend ourselves and we're not in tune and then we try to, to move on without any kind of of uh, of attention to figure out exactly what he wants or where and what he wants us to do so with with this you know uh, there is another another uh, definitely another spiritual meaning in the order of that because again what happened is the first thing happened with the people is what is they crossed the river, right? And then the second thing is they went through circumcision. and then after this we'll see that they went into period of healing and then after the healing, we'll see that they did what at the rest of this chapter, they ate the Passover. So does that sequence of events highlight something to you? crossover, circumcision, healing, and then pass over. What are those four steps in our lives?
1: The crossing is the faith and the, the circumcision is baptism. Okay. And then after that, we eat the manna, which is the communion. Communion, yes. Or the crossing also could be, the crossing could be the baptism
0: and then the circumcision is the the daily, the daily, purification right? and then the time that we actually stay to heal to 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 gain our strength and then get us ready to the to the uh, passover after this so it, it is a very good good way of looking at things and looking at god, what god wants us to do as far as getting us ready so actually you know as i was reading this this chapter is we can call it preparing for the victory the big victory is going to come next when they go around jericho right how to prepare for the victory is through this is through the faith through the crossing through the, the the painful circumcision through the time that we heal and through definitely the eating the passover which is the eucharist so this is something that's kind of very very also important to understand how we can move on and how we can be ready for preparing ourselves for for the victory for the victory and a lot of times, I know we've, we've studied this before uh, with, with the mission groups. a lot of times, again, uh, dareen will remember this when we say that, again, there are certain battles that God doesn't want us to take at one point, right? You know, so we, according to our own mind, it's this is the time to go and attack the kings of the Amorites and the kings of the Canaanites. But God said, no, that's not the time. I want you to actually wait. I want you to wait, right? Wait for what? Wait for something bigger. Wait that you are also not, if, if, imagine again, what would happen to them if they right away after crossing and after uh, 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 reaching the promised land and then they went right away and the kings are very, very uh, terrified and then they went and, 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 uh, and uh, fought against them and, and had that victory against them. What do you think will, 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 they will relate that victory to, to whom? To God or to themselves? And they might get prideful. Exactly, exactly. They were 100% to get like, this is what we did. We were able to do that. So God is again, telling them to settle down, not just settle down, go through pain. You know, just the idea again, that the whole army is is uh, uh, under, is bleeding literally, You know, is, is hurt from the circumcision. They're staying till they can't even fight. But still God protected them during the time and then you are not ready yet, I will make you ready on my terms, on my power on my strength, then you'll be able to move on with. that. Very interesting text, as we can kind of uh, go through it and analyze it uh, step by step. But then another question comes up here, because again, in verse two, it says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knife oil and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. Does that mean that they were circumcised the first time?
1: The first time was on Egypt, but
0: was it was it the same people? No, it wasn't the same people. So the second time here doesn't mean it's the same people who are getting circumcised again. No, the circumcision itself is the second time you do the circumcision, but to totally different people, right? Because as the text explains after this, that all the people who came out had been circumcised yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised so all the people that came out of Egypt were circumcised we all we know that all the people died in the wilderness right except of uh, Joshua and Caleb and then the all the next generation that they came out of Egypt were not circumcised till that time but as we mentioned last time you know there's something that's very interesting here although they were not circumcised God kept dealing with them in a miraculous way, right? Why is that? So circumcising means mean again, that they are not marked as they are God's people, but although God dealt with them as they are his people, right? And guided them till they, they reached that point of uh, entering the promised land. What does that tell us?
1: It means that the right itself, uh, uh, the covenant with God, uh, the, right, the right was a covenant with God, but the covenant here can be with their hearts, not with their, with, the, with not, with not the sign in the body itself. Right, right. The sign of
0: the body was the mark, right? But God was working with them to get their heart action. That's why we read in Deuteronomy several times that circumcise the heart, the, 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 the uncircumcised heart and the circumcision of the heart and of the ears. You hear this lots of times. So the actual physical mark was not there, but that doesn't mean that God kind of dealt with them in a very different way, right? But he was waiting for them for the right time, for the right moment in order for them to be ready for that. But it tells us that God is always working, right? And God is beyond the, the, the physical mark his work and his, his, his reason and his way of dealing and, and delivering the message to them that you are still my people, although you are not literally physically marked as my people yet, but I'm still willing to, to work with you, to work with you. And I think that has a very, very important uh, uh, meaning also that a lot of times we, we ask or we judge or, uh, those people who are not you know, literally having the mark of being his people. But according to this, God is working and continue to work, right? Till the right time that maybe if they are still ready and willing, then this. But it's beyond that physical mark, The, the love and the care and the willingness to actually continue to work with them and continue to give them the manna and to continue to give them the water and continue to perform miracles with them and make them cross the river, although they are not physically marked as his people, right? So it just gives us an idea of how God is, is working with His people and how God love is, is regardless. It doesn't, doesn't uh, depend on, on, on certain uh, things, but it's, it's the, the, the whole idea is I continue to work with you till you are really ready, until you are ready to actually give me everything and give me yourself and your heart and everything to be marked as my people. So with that, you, you, see, you see the text keeps going on, and in a way you think it's, it's repetitive, but actually it's not repetitive. I mean, here from verse 2 till verse uh, 6, probably several times it says the same story over and over again that the people went out of Egypt and the people who went out of Egypt were circumcised, but they died. And then the people who actually reached the promised land were not the same people who get out of Egypt. And then they were not circumcised, but now they are circumcised because they were not circumcised before. (laughs) It's kind of of repetition, but actually it's not repetition. As you said before, you know, just to to, to understand also that, you know, uh, I might have uh, uh, explained this before that in the original, there was no chapters. And the text will flow and flow and flow so for the author to actually put in the emphasis okay like this is i made my point now i'm going to move on to another chapter another text then i repeat myself several times till making sure that this message is is very very clear and then you see that there is there is a transition to another story so that's actually part of the of the writing and part of the actual uh, uh, putting the words together as there were no chapters and no uh, punctuation or anything like that in the original itself. So that's why the repetition of the events is actually making sure that the author is making his point clear and say, okay, I, I'm done with this point. I gave it all what I can. And then we'll move on to a different passage now. That's kind of like just to understand or kind of have a, have a sense of how the text was in the original. Any questions at this point? Just important also to mention again how the Lord keeps trying again and keeps, keeps hitting on the same thing. Like verse six, for example, for the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord the Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us a land flowing with milk and honey. So again, the idea of the whole problem that the people did not obey. Did not obey. That's why during the process of crossing the Jordan, it was very important for the people to obey. They right? said, okay, do not move till the Ark of the Covenant is there. And then cross and do not move again till the Ark of the Covenant comes out of the water and start to walk in front of you. And then you follow. And then this continues in also the battle against Jericho. Again, do not move. When when I tell you, move, move. When I tell you, shout, shout. When you hear the trumpets here, do this. It's all very, very, very uh, uh, detailed instructions. that are very, very important to obey the instructions uh, letter by letter and, 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 and minute by minute in order to receive that victory. And it's something that tells us very, very, very important lesson that we big part of our struggle that we are not obedient to the word of the lord to the to the to the commandment and that's why here you see that there is there is kind of like repetition of of that of the thing and then comes verse nine which i probably stop at it for a minute here because there is something that's very important that kind of actually very very much reflects also Uh, to our own life verse 9 says and the Lord said to Joshua today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you and so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you what is the reproach of Egypt we all know that the people went to Egypt right but from the beginning from the first reason they went to Egypt did they go why did they go to Egypt way from from the time that, that Jacob took his people and his family and went to Egypt. For, for what reason? For food. For food. Famine. For famine, exactly. So in a way, they went to, to, to Egypt to, to get food and to settle and maybe come back again, right? So when 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 God comes back again here after all those years and talks to Joshua and said, the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled over or rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. What is that reproach of Egypt? I mean, they went there willingly to bring food. But then what happened? What, what is the reproach of Egypt? What do you think that is?
1: Slavery. Slavery. Okay. Was it... I think they have been mixed with uh, the, with uh, the Egyptian uh, traditions and Egyptian worship, idolatry, and all this. Uh, this is the approach of Egypt. Right,
0: right. The main thing, and we we'll read this very very clear in uh, in in uh, in Numbers and in Exodus, but again specifically uh, uh, the the to understand that. Uh, if, we, if we go to Exodus um, 32, you know, again, because again, you know, they, they willingly went to Egypt, they were there, but then the problem was, you know, if, if you look at the reproach of Egypt again, what does it mean? Does it mean that uh, some suggest, for example, that that means the reproach for being slaves in Egypt, as Zarin is saying, but it wasn't Israel's fault that the new Pharaoh turned against them. Right? They went there for a good reason and they were good and was were treated in a good way till another king came and started to put them into slavery. So the reproach of Egypt actually is not about them being slaves there. And some other people say that because they were disobedient, but again, uh, the, the, the reproach refers to the nation's shame because they had worshipped idols in Egypt. But if you look more into the text, specifically text Exodus 32 from 1 to 12, you see something that's very important in the text, Exodus 32 from 1 to 12, uh, that tells us exactly what that is. I'm gonna read it here real quick and and, and, uh, try to figure out again, what is that reproach of Egypt? Exodus 32 it says when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him up make us gods who shall be who shall go before us we know that story about the people you know making the calf and then the the worship the calf and so forth but jumping into into verse uh, 11 but Moses implored the Lord his guidance that all Lord why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. So according to this here, what is the reproach of Egypt? Moses is trying to tell God what? that the Egyptian will actually reproach the people because they will say that you took them out of the Egypt order for you to do what? To consume them from the face of the earth in the wilderness. So you will actually, the the reproach of Egypt will actually be against God because of the people's disobedience, right? So now when when you go back again to, to Joshua and the Lord says to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you it means that again, there is nothing against you that the enemy can take. They're not going to say this is very. That, that's why I'm saying this is very relevant because a lot of times, okay, we feel like we are, you know, if, if, we, if we, if we, if our relationship is not strong, or if we actually, you know, uh, 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 disobey or or allow ourselves to be to to to, to go into a, a season of dryness, and then there is the reproach of. Egypt, the approach of the enemy against us that, see God, here's your people. Here are your children that you call them children. They are not even what able to walk with you, right? So it, it, is, it, is, it is as if the enemy is, is, is using that in order to, to, to make us feel like we are failures. Today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Reproach here it comes in a very in- interesting meaning. Uh, if we if we understand the actual word, the uh, uh, the, the, the the meaning itself, uh, which is which is uh, scorn, uh, meaning uh, rebuke, shame, shame. So there is there is there is that kind of shame because. You, you, they were disobedient and then God's wrath was against them. So there is, there is that kind of, of, of shame. And this is something that I think we're all being, being uh, uh, um, attacked by, right? But it's very interesting when the Lord says today that the rule, that the, that the, reproach of Egyptian rolled, and that's where Gilgal, as we said, Gilgal means rolling, means a wheel. Today is what? What what happened today? Today after what? According to the scripture of Joshua, when is today? What happened in that day? The day which actually finished the crossing. The day that were circumcised. The day that we are that they were. Marked as God's people, they are, they are re- regained their identity again as God's people, so there is no more reproach, I'm looking more into that reproach, the word actually says the stigma resting on Israel from the time of their departure out of Egypt, there is a stigma on them that the God actually made them, you know, suffer and made them struggle because of their, of their behavior, so that stigma is not there anymore, the stigma has been rolled away from them. And today is very important when they say today is the day that the the stigma has been removed, that the reproach has been removed because that day is when they was, when after they were circumcised, after they were purified, after they were able to cross the the Jordan and go through the Jordan. uh, And and I think it's something that we all need to, to remind ourselves a lot of times because that stigma keeps going, keeps hunting us, right? How many times is that stigma of the reproach is hunting me and then like you know what i don't think i i i i'm not i don't belong to him anymore i'm not his child anymore right i disobeyed i mixed with other i worshiped other idols so that reproach is is over me all the time and becomes very 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 heavy becomes very heavy it becomes a reason for me not to move forward right but what what is it that will make you remember that today that reproach has been rolled away, what do you think of that? How can I remind myself that every day is the day that the reproach has been rolled away from you?
1: What do you think? I think uh, the life of repentance uh, uh, running the, the reproach because the same tint and, the, and the, intent, the person, the soul of the person. Yes. Yes.
0: Definitely. And that's that's why they, they needed to 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 again all this is right before again. Look at the, at the order of the text. All this is right before they eat the Passover, right? So, as again, as God is preparing them for that huge event that's gonna happen, which is eating the Passover. They've crossed, they were circumcised, they were healed, and then they were it was declared to them that today that the, the reproach of Egypt has been rolled away from you. in the Arabic. <laughs> the reproach of Egypt. The reproach refers to the ridicule of the enemy when Israel failed to trust God at Kadesh Barnea and enter the promised land. Because at that time, they were supposed to enter, right? But because of that, they kept going again and again and again and again. So here's the reproach, here's the shame, here's the stigma. That's why you are in the wilderness, because that's why you're you're being lost for 40 years, because you could not obey. And that stigma will keep hunting you. Although that whole, that's why the text keeps saying that the whole, people died this is a new generation but still that stigma is there and that's why they needed that that uh, 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 promise from the lord himself saying that uh, that after after look at that again the text before that right away is that they were circumcised when so verse 8 when the circumcising of the whole nation was finished they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed and then the following verse the lord said to joshua today i have rolled away the approach of egypt from you after circumcision after they retained or remain in their places for healing for healing and i think that's exactly what, what dr samir is saying that's what we need on a daily basis because that reproach is always hunting us the reproach of who you are just talking to somebody yesterday like abuna i can't come to church because i'm so unworthy i'm so not even worthy to, to step my foot in the church. And because of that stigma, that shame, that, that reproach, people start to actually move further and further away from God. And that's why we need that daily time to be circumcised again by the spirit, to be healed again by the spirit, to be ready again. Then when we come and we eat from the, 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 the Passover, right? then we are really being refreshed and renewed again. It's a very very interesting text. Yes, go ahead. Um, Would this reproach for us be more of what we think
1: about ourselves or what people um, think of us?
0: It's what we think of ourselves, what the enemy plans in our heart to think about ourselves, right? Again, Egypt is always the enemy, right? Pharaoh is always the enemy. So the reproach of Egypt, the stigma of Egypt, the shame that, okay, here you are, you were supposed to be, to reach the promised land and here you are 40 years lost in the wilderness. How shameful are you, right? So it's mainly, I believe it's mainly from ourselves, right? Because that's what really, most of the time, that's what really kind of stand between us and between moving forward into the full victory. Thank you. Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Again, Gilgal meaning again the 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 the, the rolling rolling or wheel itself. And and it's it's important to, to understand that that this is again the name itself is uh is is the meaning of of the, the, the event that happened itself. It's, it's the wheel that uh, that is uh, that is Uh, removing that. And with that, we come to to something, to a different chapter of of the story itself. But something that's very important to, to know as before we go in, probably wait till the next uh, week before we go in, into after like the remainder of chapter five but something that I wanted to to point out here very important is till that time they were eating from from what from the manna right and it says in verse 10 while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho and the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and, and porch grain. And the manna sees the day after the ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but the ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Now, a quick question before we, we finish today is as they ate of the, of the, of the uh, produce of the land, was this something that they labored for at all? And they walked again. They crossed, and they walked, and they got circumcised, and they waited, and then they went and entered into, into the promised land. It says that after they ate the Passover, the ate of the produce of the land. Did they, did they labor for that produce at all? No. No. No, just imagine that. Imagine that. There's something, because that was the promise, the land that, that is filled with what? With honey, right? So God, God's mercy and God's love and God's care is bringing them into the land that is already has the produce. Right? They ate from the Passover first. And then the eight from the pe- from the produce. And then it says like, after this, the manna has what? It stops. Right? It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about and to contemplate about. And the manna sees the day after the eight of the produce of the land. So once the ate of the produce of the land, making sure that they are filled, they, are, they got what they want. And then the next day, there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but the ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan. That's here. We'll talk more about this and more about the Passover as we continue this next time in in the rest of chapter of chapter five, uh, and we finish chapter five, and then maybe get into chapter uh, six also, which is the battle against Jericho. Any questions about about uh, the rest of four and and five? You know, a couple of things just so we, we're, we're not lost. Again, a couple of things that we hear again today that uh, number one, the battle is for the Lord. He is the commander. He tells us when to move, when to stay, when to pause, when to heal, when to even get hurt and, and, and bleed. He is the commander. So just trust in him, right? And if we're not able yet able yet to identify his voice, that means we need to still spend some time to to, to stay and to get in tune him so we can recognize his voice telling us okay do this now and do this more and more but the main goal for them was again was not just to to start to fight with people the main goal was for them according to the what just we just read in chapter five is to reach the land where they can eat from the produce and to have and eat from the passover again that's why you don't you you wait now because i have something else better for you and then don't worry the fight is gonna come more and more. This is number one. Number two is we know that, again, as we said that, that it is very important to, 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 to know that there is, there is a reproach that needs to be uh, removed daily. And we need to hear that daily uh, uh, affirmation. Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Try to try to, to, to find that, that daily uh, uh, reminder that today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. That's what the Lord is telling each one of us. Well, whatever, if there is still, still a reproach, that means we haven't gone through the order that led them to the point of the reproach is being rolled away, which is again, the crossover, the circumcision and the healing over simple procedures, in the healing. So just try to find that again and try to, whenever that stigma is there and the reproach is there, like again, bring that back again. Said, okay, I know that today the reproach has been rolled over, but maybe I'm not following the, the order of the event that the people went through. And finally, be ready to to again to claim the whole victory, but not till after we eat the Passover, not after we eat till we eat the Passover. Um, We'll continue next uh, week, God willing, with the remainder of uh, of five, and then we'll go into six, which is the battle against Jericho, and then move on with our uh, study of Joshua as I said before uh, you know we, we all need to put some effort on studying and reading and and uh, and preparing so we're not just following uh, and as we can see we're not just following a history and just a story that happened but every single thing in that history is actually uh, a prototype and like a shadow of the things that's happening in our life now as Joshua is the prototype of Jesus uh, our Lord in in uh, our day and age right now thank you and uh, if you have don't have any questions let's pray and then we can continue next time god willing. okay let's pray in the name of the father the son the holy spirit one god and the lord hear us when we say to that our father who often have a hallowed be thy name kingdom come that will be done on earth give us this year bread. give us our trespasses forgive us our trespasses lead us a temptation but deliver us from it. and the kingdom of power the glory now for you. May the love of God the Father, grace of his only begotten Son, the King of the Holy Spirit with you go in peace. Peace be with you all. Amen. Have a good night and see you uh, again. So take care.
1: Thank you. Mona.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks,
0: sorry. Thanks, Samir. Thanks, Peggy.